And you stand by the original Russia investigation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, the mistakes with the Carter Page FISA were, were regrettable, should never have happened. And had I known about those mistakes in the packages, I never would have signed those applications. And shame on us for not knowing. But that's all business that the IG presented to America in, what, 2019, 20, 2019, I think that came out. Yeah, it was. There is absolutely nothing new in this report. And I stand by the investigative decisions that we made to open the investigation first on the Trump campaign and the possibility that the Russians are trying to influence it, and then later on Donald Trump himself. And what did we find out from special counsel Mueller's investigation? The Russians did, in fact, influence the campaign. They wanted to. They tried repeated times. They had many, many contacts with the Trump campaign, and several of those people were indicted. So I guess what we were worried about all along actually happened. All right, Sandy Rios with you. Well, I want you to know that that is really fine lying. That's wonderful. I bet that's really classic. That's Andrew McKay being interviewed by Anderson Cooper on CNN. You know, no, no, listen, that uh, the report by Durham, there's nothing to it. The FBI, uh, Andrew McCabe was the acting director at the time. Remember, Comey had been fired. Uh, The FBI did everything wonderfully. That report is just completely false. They're sorry they made mistakes, you know, in regard to Carter Page. They pretty much ruined his life, uh, cost him a ton of money, set him up big time. I wish I had time to tell you. I will just say um, they set him up. They had him meet with someone, and Carter was just a, a casual, uh, had a casual relationship with the Trump campaign, very casual. He was never a central player. Uh, they did the same thing with uh, um, Papadopoulos. They set him up. They had him meet with an Australian and then with a British national. Uh, they wooed him and uh, told him they wanted him to come and speak at some event. They paid him a lot of money. Then they set him up with an evening meeting, and it was, I believe, it was Alexander Downer who was the one who mentioned uh, to Papadopoulos, that there was some connection with the Russians and the Trump campaign. And he, Downer was the one that initiated it, and then they used that to say that George knew about it. The FBI ruined so many people's lives. I think about Paul Manafort, who nearly died in prison. I think about uh, the, the, the early morning raid of jo- Roger Stone. I mean, I, I could go on and on. And so, but you know what? They... There was nothing. They're glad. They stand by it. He he talks about the Mueller investigation. The Mueller investigation, which was also a witch hunt, cost us millions of dollars. Mueller was, um, uh, perhaps when I bring Bruce in, we can say a word about that, but he was uh, part of this whole cabal to come after Trump. And so uh, the, the conclusion, in spite of all their work, was that there was no connection between the Trump campaign and the Russians. So uh, in spite of that, um, Andrew McCabe tells us he stands by it. It it was true. We found out it was all true. So uh, that's what we're dealing with, ladies and gentlemen. And Bruce and I are going to talk about this today. Uh, We remember a lot of things because of Bruce's um, involvement with the FBI, his role as an FBI agent. And then because I've covered this for so many years on the radio, we have a lot of memories uh, and perspectives that we'd like to share with you. So I hope you'll stay tuned. But first, let me just thank Preborn who's in the business of saving lives. Uh, and uh, I have another story for you today, and this is about a girl who got pregnant. Her name is Caitlin. She was adamant about getting an abortion. I'm not sure who the father is, but it doesn't matter. There is nobody in my life who thinks I should have this baby. 
Caitlin had already had two abortions and had a history of abuse, drugs, and alcohol. But Caitlin's client advocate reviewed her options, including adoption, and scheduled her for a return ultrasound appointment. Caitlin was still adamant about getting an abortion, but after that second ultrasound, by the grace of God, Caitlin had a change of heart and decided to give up her daughter for adoption. Not only was her baby's life saved, but this child led Caitlin to clean up her life, stop doing drugs, and receive counseling at a preborn network clinic. Preborn is in the business of saving more than the baby's life, and that's just one great example, the life of Caitlin. And we just hope and pray. It doesn't say that she became a Christian, but I know that's what they're hoping, that she will change her life permanently. So um, that's what Preborn does, and they provide these ultrasounds for just $28 apiece. If you would like to help them, we would be so grateful. You just go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. All right. Well, this is going to be intense, but it's uh, in the news. It must be discussed. This was a big, big report that came out this week, the Durham report. So stay tuned on Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness that we actually believe what we say we believe. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. So, Andrew, in the Durham report, it says the FBI never had evidence of collusion. That's not a legal term we should note. Between the Trump campaign and Russia in 2016, should never have launched a full investigation. What's your response? Yeah, I vehemently disagree with uh, with Mr. Durham's characterizations of what we did in the report. And it's it's very simple. He, he betrays a deep misunderstanding of not only what we knew at the time, but how we make these decisions. I think it's incredibly important for people to understand what we were seeing then. And it was basically this, uh, Anderson. We had known uh, and we'd known for over a year that the Russians had been attacking us in cyberspace, specifically at political institutions and government institutions. We knew in the beginning of 2016 that they had turned those attacks on the Democratic National Committee and they had stolen and exfiltrated a large amount of information from the DNC. And we knew that they then went on to use that information to weaponize it to hurt Hillary Clinton's campaign by releasing it on the eve of her convention. Then in July, at the end of July, we learned that months earlier, before that information was released, a member of the Trump campaign, George Papadopoulos, uh, told a uh, representative of a friendly foreign government, a trusted friendly foreign government, that they had been offered exactly that assistance by the Russians. So we knew what the Russians took, we knew how the Russians used it, and then we learned that the Russians offered to do exactly what they had done before they did it to the Trump campaign. So with that information, not unverified intelligence, actual information, we opened a full investigation. And everyone who has looked at what we did, other than John Durham, determined that that decision was absolutely appropriate. 
So now probably all of you have heard about the Durham report and how it was released. We've been waiting for three years. John Durham, of course, was appointed by President Trump to investigate uh, why the FBI and others, the intelligence agencies, uh, charged President Trump uh, with collusion with Russia. After the Mueller report, actually their official report said that there was no collusion with Russia. Reluctantly, uh, uh, former FBI Director Mueller released that report. And so after that, they asked for an investigation of how this happened. So John Durham uh, was appointed to investigate. Well, how, what was the FBI and the Justice Department doing? What? How did they come to this conclusion? What happened? Uh, who was who was uh, guilty of this, or who did what? So John Durham, uh, he was appointed by uh, Attorney General Bill Barr, and we all thought, you know, now we're going to get to the bottom of this. And yet the report was delayed and delayed and delayed. Okay, so now the report is out, and I'm going to give you just an idea about what it says. It says, the objective facts show that the FBI's handling of important aspects of the crossfire hurricane, that's what the FBI called their investigation of Trump, crossfire hurricane matter were seriously deficient. Based on the review of crossfire hurricane and related intelligence activities, we conclude that the Justice Department and FBI failed to uphold their important mission of strict fidelity to the law in connection with certain events and activities described in this report. The report is 308 pages long. He also found, Durham, that the FBI should never have opened the investigations and that they were led by politically motivated actors like former FBI agent Peter Strzok. I want to mention something else because before, I'm going to bring Bruce in and we're going to talk about this with you today. This is the real bombshell to me. According to the Durham report, the plan, which was created by Hillary Clinton to create a false story linking Donald Trump to Russia. Okay, so they're saying that Hillary Clinton came up with this plan, but here's here's the jaw dropper. Um, And it was briefed, that plan, uh, to link President Trump to Russia without any evidence in August of 2016 by CIA Director John Brennan to... Who knew who was in on this? President Barack Obama, Vice President Joe Biden, AG Loretta Lynch, and FBI Director James Comey. And with that, I'm going to bring Bruce in for because we want to talk to you about this today um, because I, I, we have a lot of thoughts about it, and Bruce has so much experience with the FBI. Uh, he needs to, to tell you his thoughts about this. So, honey, thanks for joining me. Glad to be here. Um, anything? Okay, let's go back to the, the FBI should never have opened investigations. Uh, just tell us what your thoughts are about what you what I've said so far. Well, I mean, you have to understand, especially when it, an investigation of of um, corruption involves an official who's of a certain high status. There are many, many hoops that have to be jumped through, not only between be uh, within the FBI, but also within the Department of Justice to open such a case. Because we can't have political influence affecting who is investigated. And so you need, the process is supposed to be a shaking out, like everybody looks at it, a lot of people look at it, and then um, we come to a decision, is there enough to go forward? Nothing could have been further from the truth, what was done here. Um, Protocol was violated, and... Peter Strzok, it looks like, because he had a political agenda, 
was able to open this case against Donald Trump and his campaign based on he just didn't really like Donald Trump and did not want him to be president. Let's make the case. So they, the dossier, which we've talked about this before, but I would probably have to repeat this, was this document supposedly brought out of Russian intelligence uh, talking about how Donald Trump behaved himself in Russia. And I want to say again, because I just have to, when it came out, uh, I don't know what year, 2016, I'm not sure, before the election, um, it was a, it was ridiculous. I read it, I read it, I read it, and I said to you on the air on the morning show, this is ridiculous. This is like tabloid journalism. There's no way Donald Trump would stand on a bed and urinate on it in order to defame or uh, disrespect Barack Obama because he had slept in that bed. That's one of the things they alleged. That's stupid. And everybody that saw that dossier knew that it was just a thin grail. It was nothing. And it turns out the FBI got so desperate, they offered a million dollars to anyone could help prove uh, the dossier. But, I, but I'm getting out of order here. So go, you pick it up from there, Bruce. Well, well, I do think it's important to start with the dossier, though, because really, we're, in some ways, we've put the cart before the horse in this, um, in this finding. Really, this goes back to what you talked about, Hillary Clinton. Yes. Which she's going to be facing off against Donald Trump in the 2016 election. She wants to ensure that she beats him. So she comes up, her camp comes up with this plan that Donald Trump is colluding with Russia to affect the 2016 election. And we all know, just on its face, that's ridiculous. Donald Trump was the last thing Russia wanted. Hillary had been the Secretary of State. She had been a, a, just a punching bag to the Russians. The Russians probably would have loved to have Hillary Clinton be the, be the president. So right there, you start to smell a rat. Like, why, why is Hillary Clinton, uh, well, let's put it this way. It, this plan reeked of all the kind of things that she's done in the past, whether it's been the bimbo squad that she went after. You know, we've talked about it before. She has a pattern. It's usually involving some perverse thing like this urinating on the bed, uh, uh, Mr. Trump interacting with prostitutes in Moscow. It's always something salacious. And so when we heard that the Steele dossier was based on those kind of incidents, that, again, is a red flag. It is, absolutely. And, yes, and so, yes, I, because I followed the Clinton so carefully when I was on radio in Chicago years ago uh, before he became president, I knew a lot about them. I know a lot about them now, trust me, more than I ever wanted to know. She has a pattern of lying that's distinctive. Her lies are always big, and they're always audacious, and they're always stupid. Uh, they really are. They're, they, I never think, gosh, that was clever. I really don't. It's really so, if you know what to look for, you know it's, a, it's got her mark on it. So this was her her baby, her concoction. And I, and I have to say, going back to what I said originally, when you are talking about opening a case on a candidate for the presidency, you, you have to go through so many steps at the Department of Justice and at the FBI to vet the information, to see, is there really but reason the, here? The, and it better be 
not just some information. It better be information plus if we're going to and the, immerse But the fix in was it. in. In all so, of those departments, the fix was in. Yeah. And I, I also want to uh, emphasize something you alluded to, because people might not remember this. Hillary Clinton and her husband, Bill, Bill was went to Moscow when he was, before you could go into the Soviet Union, before it broke up, uh, he was a fan of Russia. And he was like a student who went over there and I forgot exactly. Um, he had they have a history, and I remember when Hillary Clinton was uh, became a Secretary of State. She handed on I think it's Andropov the uh, the Russian um, point on national security with the United States. She handed them this reset button. Do you remember that? I sure she, do. They're going to do things differently. They're going to be friendly with Russia. They're, she it was just this big sign. She was so proud. She it was a big ceremony. That silly little reset button. In red, remember? I and they do. spelled it wrong. They used the wrong Russian word. <laughs> they yeah. did. Yeah, so they she did. had plans to work with the Russians, and then um, and the Russians were all in, except they didn't like her. I don't think they, no. I thought they disrespected her, but they knew they could work with her. She was a patsy. They knew that she was driven by money. Listen, we think Joe Biden, uh, you know, the things that are coming out about him now, he could have learned from Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton They've been extorting uh, other uh, countries for money yes, well, and I, getting contracts awarded to them. I, I mean, it, it, Yes, that's been going on for a long time. I'll just remember one, one particular story. I interviewed the former Secretary of State of Haiti. Uh, this is a number of years ago. And he actually cried on the show as he told me how the, the Haitians had suffered so much from these natural disasters. And the Clintons had gone in there to supposedly help with their foundation and they ended up uh, basically, I'm sorry, I can't think of a nice word about this. They really raped the people of its resources. They mm-hmm. appointed her brother over to, to control all the cell service in Haiti. Uh, they gave uh, her assistant, uh, what's her name, famous assistant, that went in and defended her during uh, the uh, Watergate area. Well, whatever her name was, so you would recognize it. Uh, she, she ended up running the factory that was like manufacturing these minerals, one of the few uh, operations they had in Haiti. And they, they didn't help the people. They took, they took, they took. These are the Clintons. And uh, they, they made millions from the Clinton Foundation. It was like, like the same thing that Joe Biden is doing to point out. So, Well, anytime you, you are going to um, try to um, take advantage of someone, uh, the two things you look at are can we, can we um, bribe them over their conduct, usually sexual conduct, or can we offer them money to do things? And the Clintons might as well have had a dollar sign on their forehead saying, if it involves money, we don't care what it involves, to, uh, whether it be an illegal act or a scam, we will get involved. They had a history of this. And I think the most, the thing that is most important out of this report, there are two things. One is that Hillary Clinton was the person behind all this, not Donald Trump. Now, let's see if the Justice Department opens an investigation against Hillary Clinton. And the other thing is what you mentioned, that back in 2016, this whole scam was briefed by Brennan, who was the CIA director, to guess who? President President Obama, Vice President Joe Biden... Loretta Lynch, who was the Attorney General, and Susan Rice, who was, I believe, the uh, uh, in charge of uh, national security. The, the highest people in the administration are briefed 
by what we understand was to be a couple of handwritten notes from John Brennan. He's not bringing them solid evidence. He's bringing them uh, something that they want to hide, that that Hillary Clinton They're is starting. A big wink and a nod. Yeah, like, okay, Trump. we're not going to worry that Trump's going to win because Hillary is going to run this scam uh, against the Clinton campaign, and uh, we want you all to know about it. Well, <laughs> and and then if we, and then you can bet they helped it along. Yeah. Well, of course they did. Yeah. I mean, Hillary didn't. She didn't run it. I mean, she. They. No one knew she was. They. She gave them the ideas, and they all did her bidding. There's no question about that. Remember when Peter Strzok and Lisa Page were, uh, their text messages became public. In fact, they there was a whole play written on their lovers something by. Our, our Irish friends, uh, and remember that he, she said, he's not going to win, Is he's not going to win, tell him he's not going to win, and Peter Strzok assures his lover, Lisa, uh, that, that, no, we have a plan, we have an insurance policy. Yeah, they had a plan, all right, and this was the plan. I, I want, One person we have not, we have neglected really to talk as much about as we should is James Comey, honey, the, for, the, the head of the FBI at that time. Talk about his part in this, explain it. Well, James Comey was the director of the FBI at the time this was going on. And to me, James Comey was sort of the enabler because when Mr. Trump won the presidency, uh, Comey knew darn well that there was nothing to this story about Russian collusion and that the things that were being uh, alleged out of this Steele dossier about the behavior of Mr. Trump was all made up. But... Within days of Mr. Trump uh, being um, sworn in, he was briefed by Comey. And Comey, you know, he did one of those moves where, yeah, we have this information, Mr. Trump, and we don't want you to be embarrassed by it. So we just wanted to make you aware of, of what we have. You know what they were doing? They were trying to neuter Trump right away because Trump had made noises that he was going to uh, get the intelligence agencies under control. And that includes the FBI and the CIA. Comey really was the point person to try to knock Trump off his game and make him not, you, you know, they were afraid that Trump knew uh, about what it what had gone on with this Steele dossier. And they were afraid that Trump, once he took office, was going to dig in and yes, find and, out well, who had done what. Two things. Recall that when Barack Obama left the White House, it's customary for presidents to leave a note uh, for, for former presidents as they're changing, handing off the baton. As the new couple comes in, they always write a note. And Barack Obama's note to President Trump, his last word was that he should fire Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who was the head of the Defense National Intelligence, because Michael was the one true honest person in that the other thing about Comey, honey, is uh, that whole briefing to Donald Trump about that dossier was part of a plot. We know now, we knew, we've known this for a long time, because that he, someone, gee, someone leaked it to the press, I think it was the New York Times, uh, who then knew, they, the press all knew about this dossier, but they didn't report on it until they... They had it all set up. Everybody knew it was fake. But when they were able to report, maybe it was CNN, that the president had been briefed. That was the news. The president had been briefed on this. And this is what this is. Man, we don't know. Then they all started reporting it. That was the, that was the floodgate. It was an innuendo campaign. In other words, 
Uh, it's almost like Chinese telephone it used to play in school. You just start a rumor, and uh, the rumor in this case was that Trump had colluded with the Russians and had behaved in a certain way to fix the election. And that's and because because the source of that information was quote unquote quote unquote the source was James Comey, it immediately gets credibility. You know, we're not used to the director of the FBI making up lies and especially saying those lies to the president. I think we're used to it now, but back then, no, was that that, no. that, that didn't Comey, happen. And Comey, everybody thought Comey was a darling. Oh yeah, uh, it was, he was very deceptive because he was just well, you know. And remember, before this, prior to this, there was the whole Clinton email scandal. And just to refresh your memories on it, uh, somehow some of her email was made public. Well, <laughs> this will not surprise you that she came up with a story about that. And you'll still hear this story on CNN. You'll hear, hear it on MSNBC that the Russians hacked the email of the DNC, and that's how that happened. Well, we know that's not true. We, uh, we actually know that the FBI was, the actual FBI was never allowed to view that server because the DNC wouldn't let them. They hired I think it was Crowdsource, who becomes a player in all of this later, to go in and investigate. And they reported, yeah. un- amazingly, they reported it was the Russians. And so... Um, yeah, CrowdStrike. And, um, and uh, Comey has carried water for Hillary Clinton for years. He completely stepped out of protocol when, as the FBI director, he, quote-unquote, reviewed the facts of the... Um, case against Hillary Clinton, that she had misused her uh, server and had mishandled classified information. Believe me, she had done much more than just mishandle it. She had disseminated it. She had done all kinds of things that if it was anyone else, they would have gone to prison. prison. But he, instead of conferring with the Department of Justice, who, you know, the FBI investigates, the Department of Justice makes the decision whether or not to charge someone with a crime. And he took it upon himself as the FBI director to say, you know what, I've reviewed the case and no reasonable prosecutor would charge Hillary Clinton. In other words, he completely usurped the Department of Justice. I've never seen that happen. Yeah, and he said, we remember, I remember that press conference, no reasonable prosecutor would think you know, that that was basically intentional. She might have done it, but she didn't mean it. And so Hillary Clinton got off, and the truth is she was guilty as you know what, uh, and she then got got this defensive. It was the Russians that did it, uh. and then they ended up turning that against Trump, which is the what I always tell everybody that the left does. They always accuse their enemies of doing exactly what they are doing. You mean the left is doing? What did I say? What they are doing? You by they you mean? I mean the doing left. What the left? The is Clintonites doing. or whatever. Yeah. But oh. um, all right, Bruce. Well, you, you know what I think. If, if you look at this report, this. <laughs> It's 300 pages of what I would call useless paper. Um, it, to me, it was a big smokescreen. It was a delaying tactic. This That's disgusting. It really is. took three-plus years to come out. I was watching um, Mayor Giuliani, who is a former U.S. attorney, uh, speaking last night, and he said, I could have done this investigation in 90 days. And I know I've seen them done in 90 days, when the U.S. Attorney, when the uh, FBI puts their mind to, we're going to go full bore on something, believe me, it gets done. 
This thing was dragged along, and I think Durham and Barr knew this all along, that this is where this was going. I mean, look at these findings. Boy, this is hard-hitting, huh? The Department of Justice and the FBI failed to uphold their important mission of strict fidelity to the law. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. That, and 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 is anything going to come out of this? No. He doesn't even he, recommend charges. Uh, right? He there are no criminal charges recommended on it. He's he's charged three people. Two of them were found not guilty. Another one was an FBI lawyer who uh, got a slap on the wrist. Um, the 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 really frightening thing to me is Durham is not even making any recommendations to change any policies in the Department of Justice or the FBI as to how they're going to open counterintelligence investigations. Think about that. They, what they're finding was is that basically one person, Peter Strzok and some others, but, but, but it was mainly headed Andrew by McCabe. him, was able to open this crossfire hurricane counterintelligence investigation against a presidential candidate. With, and no one says, you know, we probably ought to take a good look at this before we go forward. This thing was a vendetta from the get-go. Um, I, I, it really pains me to think that Bill Barr was such a traitor. Well, this but is... I really think, you know, it was once again a bad pick by President Trump when, but, when he made Bill Barr his attorney But general. we were awful... We yes. thought Bill Barr was such a great guy. Remember him playing his uh, his uh, bagpipe yeah. and his little kilt and his family at his hearing, and he said a lot of good things, but he was the worst of all. He was the betrayer with a B, and he appointed Sean Durham, who's supposed to be such a great investigator doing all these crime investigations, yeah. uh, supposed to be such integrity, and they worked yeah. together. Obviously, yeah. there's no other explanation I want to read to you just what, what uh, Tom Fenton from Judicial Watch said, just part of it. He closes by saying, President Trump is a crime victim who was targeted by a seditious conspiracy by Obama, Biden, Clinton, and their deep state allies. He is not overstating that is exactly what happened. And so with that, there's a lot more we could say. If there's one more thing you want to say, honey, do it, and then we got to say goodbye. Well, you know, we talk about the deep state and people... They, they get confused or they're, they're not clear what is the deep state. If you want to see what the deep state is, look at this report and look at what happened here. Not that, it, not this, that, that this report damns people, but it does explain who was responsible for doing what. And those are the people in the deep state. They're the ones that made this, and I'll use the word witch hunt, they made it happen. No question about it, and they're still in place. They're still in key places, and Hillary Clinton is still thinking about running for president. President Trump is thinking about running, wants to run for president. He's going, he is running. Uh, so this is this is not over. And as a matter of fact, so you wonder what's going to happen. Well, I don't even want to go there because it'll be discouraging. But I would say that the um, Jim Jordan has al- already said uh, John Durham will be called before the House for a hearing. And that'll be drop dead. I have to watch that, and I'm sure you'll want to watch drop dead fascinating. So, look, there is power in knowing the truth. There's power in knowing the truth. We have a God who's the God of all truth, and truth does cut through 
uh, like like a sword to the bone and marrow, as the Bible says. And so uh, we are going to sit here and bring the truth to you as faithfully as we can until we can no longer bring it. And so this is the story of this uh, do- no, say dossier, this report by John Durham after waiting three years. This is what it is. Well, thank you for listening today to Sandy Rios 24-7. All right, well, that was uh, an interesting discussion. I hope you enjoyed that, but Bruce and I are not done. He's going to join me in a minute. We're going to comment on our own comments. I want to just uh, jump in and say uh, that um, I want to clarify something because Hillary Clinton was actually involved in Watergate, but Cheryl Mills wasn't involved with Hillary in Watergate. Hillary Clinton was a young attorney. I think that was her first gig out of law school. She was one of the attorneys on the Watergate hearing, and that was the uh, the impeachment of President Nixon. And interestingly enough, uh, Hillary Clinton was fired from that committee because she stole documents. Uh, it's quite a story, and she, there was a real stigma. I mean, she, she right out of the box, uh, she didn't have much of a future, but somehow she rehabilitated herself, married Bill Clinton, uh, but that, that was her involvement in Watergate. Uh, but Cheryl Mills came along later. Cheryl was a—what uh, was her? She's had so many positions with the Clintons. I think she started—the first relationship he had, she had with him, I think, was White House counsel when President Bill Clinton was elected. I bet they go back further than that. But that's 1999. She worked in the impeachment trial for him. Uh, and then she became a senior advisor and counsel for Hillary Clinton's 2008 presidential campaign. But I can tell you right now, they go back longer than that. That much I do know. She's part of that inner group of uh, Hillary Clinton. They call them uh, Hillary Land. She's part of Hillary Land. And I can tell you where she was. Uh, she was very involved in the uh, document issue uh, and the um, highly classified documents with Hillary Clinton. In fact, uh, she was uh, brought in for deposition, and the FBI didn't even take her laptop for evidence. I'll never forget that. And the reason I brought her up in the context of the discussion a few minutes ago, because way back before that, uh, there was some of you won't know these stories, so that's why I'm taking time to tell them. Uh, in the late 90s, uh, Hillary had worked with a guy named Vince Foster at the Rose Law, Law Firm in Arkansas before Bill was elected president. Vince Foster then came to D.C. to work for the Clinton administration, uh, but the Clintons uh, were up to their ears in scandal. I don't have time to mention them, but there, there was scandal after scandal. Uh, and Vince Foster was involved in uh, sort of uh, putting out the fire in some of them. Some of it was scandal back from Arkansas uh, in the Rose Law Firm. And suddenly, one day, Vince Foster commits suicide in a park, a public park in Washington, D.C. And it was a huge, you can imagine, he was part of the administration. He commits suicide in a park. And so immediately, um, that mystery's never been solved, by the way, but immediately Cheryl Mills, Cheryl Mills was given access to Vince Foster's uh, office. And even they shut the door and would not let anyone in until Cheryl had had a chance to, like, look around. So that's how Cheryl Mills first got involved in this. And that's why I mentioned her. She uh, was then in Haiti with them, and it was a the... I, I'll find out later uh, what her what her particular role was. I have in mind uh, that we are going to go back in our archives, and I'm going to pull out that interview I did with, I believe it was the former Secretary of State in Haiti. It was an incredible interview, and if we can find that, I'm going to replay that for the podcast. I'm going to replay that. That's my intention because your 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 ears will burn as you hear that. It is just an amazing story, and now we, you'll understand uh, the Clintons' uh, corruption. Uh, so 
Um, so that's Cheryl Mills. I think I've said enough about that. And then uh, one thing, one just a little like a program note. Uh, when I mentioned the uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page affair and that there was a play made from that, their, their texts that were made public, it was called Lovebirds, and Philemon and Anne McClear were the ones that did that. They're Irish uh, writers and filmmakers. They're wonderful. They're good friends. And so I just want to, those are all important details that I wanted to share with you. I'm going to bring Bruce in to uh, to talk, uh, to share with me on these uh, issues in just a second. But first, I want to say again, a huge thank you to Preborn for supporting this show. And the work of Preborn is something that I'm very proud of. Preborn's network of clinics bring hope to pregnant women considering abortion through ultrasound. Uh, they give them these ultrasounds, and they see their babies, and they decide you know, I can't go through this abortion. That's my baby. Look at that. That's my baby. And for just $28, you can sponsor an ultrasound and write a new story for a new girl, a new mom, and a new baby. All you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy and make your most generous donation. Sandy Rios 24-7 is growing, and we want to help you grow too. If your business or nonprofit is interested in sponsoring Sandy Rios 24-7, you can email us at infoagemedia247 at gmail.com. That's infoagemedia247 at gmail.com. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. The report is very critical of disparaging comments about Donald Trump made privately by two key members of the investigative team, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, who anybody who was following this knows their, those names. Were you aware of their feelings at the time? And looking back, should they have been involved in this investigation? I was not aware of their comments, their private conversations via text message between each other about their thoughts about Donald Trump and their thoughts about Hillary Clinton and the, and the uh, election writ large. Had I known about that, no, they, they wouldn't have been involved in the investigation, but nobody knew about that uh, at the time. And I think it's important to point out that in the IG's investigation, the DOJ uh, inspector general, uh, they looked very deeply at all of those messages and determined that neither Pete Strzok nor Lisa Page was ever in a position to su- significantly influence the decisions that were made by people like myself and Director James Comey during the course of this investigation. So, um, yeah, those comments were objectionable and they were unfortunate and they subjected the organization to immense scrutiny, but ultimately were not responsible for the investigative decisions that were made. Well, based on those comments, uh, Anderson Cooper interviewing uh, Andrew McCabe, who was the acting FBI director uh, during this time, I think that Andrew McCabe should give Hillary Clinton some lessons on how to weave a tail. Uh, but we're going to make that case to you. I've asked Bruce to join me. Bruce is a former FBI agent. And uh, Bruce, so Andrew McCabe didn't know anything about Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. No new knowledge whatsoever of what they were doing and no knowledge that they were against, uh, like, hated Donald Trump. Do you believe that? I do not. Um, Peter Strzok was his direct subordinate. The, the, uh, he was the number three man in this operation. Jim Comey, number one. Andrew McCabe, number two. And Peter Strzok, number three. Uh, Lisa Page worked directly with all of them. And I can tell you, having been in FBI headquarters, they, it is quite a rumor mill regarding personal relationships. So I tell you, 
uh, McCabe's credibility immediately to me comes under suspicion that he says he knew nothing about what was going on with these people. And you know what? That really doesn't matter. What matters, though, is that he's saying he had no idea of what Strzok and Page's thoughts were regarding President Trump and the election. I find that to be, at best, highly questionable, probably a lie. I am assuming he had no problem working with these people, knowing their complete bias against Donald Trump. I mean, you know, uh, Strzok is throwing around terms like we have an insurance policy. We. We, yeah. meaning the FBI, not meaning him, yeah. meaning the we being the FBI. And I don't uh, for a second believe that McCabe didn't know what was going on with this. Well, Comey was all in, and that's why he got, well, of course, President Trump didn't have any idea. But we know now Comey was an integral part. We just made that case a little bit earlier in this whole plot. And so it would be very hard to believe that Andrew McCabe didn't know all about that. And remember, Andrew McCabe signed off on these FISA warrants, and you have you used to present to the FISA court, you know all about that. There's no way he could not know that that was falsified. I've told the story several times on your show that when I was an agent at headquarters, I had the responsibility for appearing before the FISA court, which to me was a, a great responsibility because you're obtaining surveillance on people and you're intruding into their lives. And what you uh, use to get that warrant, the facts better be the facts and not what you want the facts to be. And I can tell you that very little was done by their own admission, by McCabe's own admission, very little was done to verify this smoking gun that George Papadopoulos, George Papadopoulos had given them that the Trump campaign had been offered this information about Hillary's email by the Russians. And I want you to concentrate on that word, offered. It, Papadopoulos never told this trusted agent of a friendly country that the campaign of Trump was using this information. He told this person that they had been offered this information. Now, if you go into the FBI guidelines of how we have to conduct investigations, they're called the Attorney General Guidelines, and this stuff is taken seriously because it involves civil liberties of people. The FBI is allowed to use many different methods, but the guiding principle is you use the least intrusive investigation method to get to the truth. Now, what could have been easier than Okay, we have some bar talk between Papadopoulos yeah. and this Alexander Downer and this friendly yeah. that they keep From talking Australia. about. Mm. How about you call George Papadopoulos into the FBI office and say, "We understand that the Trump campaign has been offered some information. We want you to tell us about it." <laughs> I'm sure he would have been uh, very willing to talk about it, but no, they used this inference. They were using this inference to blow this thing up and say, and leap to the conclusion that the Trump campaign is now colluding with the Russians because they were offered this information. Well, Papadopoulos was set up with these meetings, and remember they yeah. paid him this money, and they insisted on paying in cash, as I recall. And he flew back to the United States with this cash in his briefcase. I think he actually gave it to his wife because they smelled a rat. So he lands in the airport, I think, in New York City, and the FBI arrests him expecting to find that cash on him and accuse him of all kinds yeah. of things. 
Uh, but he, but he, he was very smart. He, his wife took the money. And there's this so intricate, we would get bogged down. But I want to yeah. say uh, one other thing that we did mention earlier, but it needs to be underscored. And that is, he just said again that the FBI, uh, that the Russians hacked the DNC email uh, and Hillary Clinton's email. He says that like it's fact. And I want to reiterate, the FBI never, ever, ever investigated the DNC email server. The DNC, Democratic National Committee, would not allow the FBI to do that. They said, hey, we've got our own people. We'll let them do it. It was crowdsource, crowdstrike, crowdstrike. So crowdstrike, who becomes a player in all this later, as we kind of learn about this stuff, goes in and then declares, declares it was the Russians, and then tells the FBI, who didn't bother, didn't evidently think it was important, that they actually go and look for themselves, that it was the Russians. And remember, in the midst of all of this is a young man named Seth Rich, who has access to all the DNC servers and information, and he's mysteriously murdered in the streets of Washington, D.C., one night, like at 3 or 4 in the morning. Uh, it wasn't a robbery. Um, he just was found dead. The, the mystery's never been solved. Now, we don't know. Well, well and to add to that, the um, information is that Seth Rich was meeting with the FBI that next day to discuss what had happened with the DNC server. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I hate to use the word conveniently, but he does. He conveniently ends up dead on the streets of Washington in the early morning hours um, it, it, with his wallet and watch and personal belongings still intact on his body. So it wasn't a robbery. Yeah. Somebody killed Seth Rich. Yeah, we that, don't know the reason, know. but you can you can you can well, uh, make re- your mind up. And remember, Bruce uh, Julian Assange actually comes up, almost says Seth Rich was the one that leaked that information to him without saying it because he has this like code of honor. So anyway, we don't know if that's if Seth Rich did it or not, but we know that the FBI does not know that the Russians did that. So that's also a lie. Anything else quickly before we say goodbye? Well, I just can tell you that uh, there is no way that this investigation was opened properly. Um, there are steps to opening. Uh, you, you do an assessment, then you go to a preliminary investigation, then you go to a full investigation if it, it's warranted. There is no way that this one conversation with George Papadopoulos rose to the level of opening a full investigation. So okay. this was a, I believe this was a personal vendetta by these people because they did not want Donald Trump to be president. I think you're right. I think he was the victim of a crime, as Tom Fitton said yesterday in his statement from Judicial Watch. And we have to say that the reason they didn't want him to be the president is because all this stuff had gone on with Benghazi and other things, and they knew that if President Trump became, or if Trump became president, he may very well dig up all the skeletons in there. Yep, exactly. So, all right, well, that's uh, that's our kind of view of what's happening here with this Durham report, and we thought that you might want to hear that. I hope you benefited from it. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.